Junior Quick yeah! Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah, of course. Uh, just like kind of what I told you guys, you know, um, rest, rejuvenate, recover, be with your families. Um, and But at the end of the day, when it's time to work, we work at work and we got five more opportunities. Take the best of those opportunities because, you know, this this league it stands for not for long. And we got five more opportunities to play some good football. And uh, that's the plan that we're going to do. Buda Baker, his message to the team heading into the bye week as the Cardinals hit the bye at 4-8 and eight after a tough one-point loss to the Los Angeles Chargers yesterday. The, ro- the home struggles continue. 1-6 uh, and six at home with five of those losses actually happening at State Farm Stadium. So that's carried over from uh, last year as well. We go to the phones as we do on Big Red Monday. 602-260-9870 is the uh, phone number. And we will start this morning in Mesa and talk to Jared up first here on Arizona Sports. Hi, Jared. Hey, good morning, everybody. It seems like every Monday is a Black Monday around here. Um, I am proud of the Cardinals on one sense. They did held, they held an average team at bay for 59 whole minutes, so that that is a plus. But i got to tell you, man, Cliff Kingsbury, man, that guy has tipped his hat so many times to the opponent this year. I don't even think he wears a hat at this point, and I'm just tired of just hearing how he doesn't take responsibility in. As far as the sky is falling on us, guys, the sky fell a long time ago. It's been jumping off the top rope every week onto us, so it is what it is, guys. And the only thing I can guarantee is they won't lose this week, and I promise you that. Um, <laughs> you guys have a great week, Vic. Give us some shout-out for me. You guys have a good week. Thank you, man. Jared, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, the tipping of the cap. It's not just this year. It's been it's been a staple. Uh, we can just assume that the other team's going to have a great plan every week, can't we? Isn't that kind of an assumption in the NFL? The highest level of football anywhere of credit, on, the, on the planet. Give him a lot of credit. <laughs> Give him a lot of credit. No, listen. That's that. That's that's part of that's part of the the soundtrack of this head coach that people are worn out with. Yeah, it is. And like I said earlier, uh, maybe to show that this one this one bugged me a little bit more because we had it. Um, it felt like a game that the Cardinals were going to win, but then it, what do you get? 16, uh, 16 yards in your last 11 offensive plays? Yeah, that's, that's, that's not going to cut yeah. it when you're trying to win a football game. Let's go to Adam and Gilbert, who's up next here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Hi, Adam. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. I love your show. Thanks. Good. Um, the game was pretty much a, it was one of those ones where, as a Cardinals fan, you you have these games like Mexico City where you kind of like I'm not watching, but no, you're gonna you're gonna get brought right back in, and then they're gonna do the cardinal thing of disappointing you. So it was a normal kind of game, uh, but I would say that this game wasn't just like firing Cliff necessarily. I say it's it's good tape to fire everybody because Cliff, of course, thirty one, fourth and one. What are you doing? It's 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 obviously I'm I'm tired of bashing on Cliff because this is old dude should have been fired a while ago. I'm tired of him. But let's throw even the defensive coordinator. This Vance Joseph, Isaiah Simmons, you need to just rush him. I'm tired of him being put in coverage. There's I don't know how many times it was, but there was way more times that he impacted the play negatively because he was in coverage than any other thing. He, when he rushed, something was happening with this thing. And let's just go, let's, let's fire Steve Kime because, let's say, you wanted to get Terry McBus, 
Is it too early to call him that? I don't know. All I know is DeAndre Hayden had an awesome game, so we should be talking about that right now. Another big third we'll down pass. The, yep. We'll just go with the card, though, saying that this is a good game shape of firing everybody, except for Hop. Hop was awesome. He's always awesome with him and Hollywood Brown on there. The, the, the options that we have in offense is, is pretty good, except for when people get in on up above, messing with everything. Like, let's just... Let's just let's re-sign Max Williams. Let's do this. Let's just do oddball things to do to mess up the Cardinals' good grief. Let's get Kyler a chance tomorrow. Let's get or next year. Let's get him a good head coach. We don't need Peyton because that's that's a good conversation and stuff. But he doesn't like this place. Let's let's just sink the rest of the season. Let's just go in a hole. And then we'll see what happens next year. All right, Adam, thanks. Appreciate the uh, phone call. We'll keep it rolling on the phones at 602-260-9870. George is in Tempe here on uh, Bickley and Marauder Mornings. Hi, George. I was really really hoping they they called it a bye week so we could say bye to time and cliff. But it's not going to happen, is it? So, you know, there was a moment, there was a moment in the early part of the game where I thought to myself, Holy geez, these guys actually can be a good team when Hollywood Brown and D Hop are on the field at the same time. Maybe we were wrong about all this, but you know, as the game went on, Cliff screwed it up just like he always does. And you know, it's just uh, I'm just hoping that when they do pull the trigger and Sean Payton comes in, he doesn't pull a Kenny Dillingham and, and leave Cliff on the staff. <laughs> oh, they, oh yeah, I hear you. No, that won't that wouldn't happen. Don't worry about that. Um. I mean, real quick before we head no, out. No, to no, no. Let's save on that. Uh, okay, Sean Aguano. Let's 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 hold off. On I that. wasn't going to talk about that. I was oh, okay. going to talk about something else. Okay. The passing game oh, yesterday. Sorry, go ahead. No, then go it, ahead. it looked a little different with with Hopkins and Hollywood out there. But one thing that I'm concerned about, um, and we uh, we talk about it on a weekly basis, is the lack of the big play. But man, uh, Kyler Murray's stats look okay. 18 of 29, 191 yards, two touchdowns. Anything that was down the field, it was rough. His long ball has deserted him. At what was a strength of him in his first three years as an NFL quarterback? There, yeah, listen, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what I feel about that. I know that when they throw those deep outs on the sideline, a lot of the time those balls sail out of bounds. I, I don't know why the wide receivers got to be hugging the sideline like that to throw well, an effective deep pass. Probably part of it too. Yeah, I don't listen. I just, yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts about this. They've got to, they've got to find a guy who can, who can get the best out of Kyler Murray because there's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, uh, let's. Let's keep it going with uh, Pedro and Mesa, who's up next here on Arizona Sports. Hi, Pedro. Good morning, guys. Hey, just a quick little shout-out to D.A. I really don't uh, say that much for him, but, man, what a, what a game that day. But the Cardinals, man, the same, same thing, same week. First half, and I was thinking, I was mad, and I said, why am I mad? We're winning. We're, we're dominating right now. But I knew it was going to come back to the same thing. Kyler Murray is a good athlete, but when it comes to putting down his head and going for something, He's not there. He's just a good athlete, not the best quarterback. Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe, like Vic says, we just need a better coach to get something out of him. Batching Cliff right now is just just the same thing. He's not a head coach. We all know that. He's not going to get fired until the end of the year. But what can we do? We're we're Cardinal fans. We're going to stick through it. But still, man, something has to be done. The whole Valley is 
done with this. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Pedro. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think Pedro's thoughts kind of sum up the thoughts of a lot of people on a morning like this and on a morning like other Mondays that we've had or Tuesdays or, or Fridays, depending on, on when the Cardinals play. Uh, they want massive change. And I just, you know, I, I look at it. And what's facing Michael Bidwell and what discussions we were having after the collapse last season was, wow, this is setting up to be a perfect prove-it year for GM, head coach, and quarterback. All three of those individuals have had regression this year in their respective job duties. And if you're Michael Bidwell, it probably comes down to, hey, that's just bad business. There's to a, sign a con- contract extensions and then reverse on it after, you know, after one year, it doesn't make a lot of business I, sense. I'm really, hope, I'm really hoping that Michael puts some, some protection in those contracts for himself, knowing how odd those extensions seemed and how l- ridiculously long they seemed. And, and because, it, listen, you, you take the temperature of Cardinal fans right now, uh, many of them want Cliff Kingsbury gone now. They don't want to wait until the end of the season. Can you imagine if nothing significant gets better, which it won't, and then trying to run it back again another year with this? Could you imagine that? How would you sell that to this fan base? I know exactly how it would be sold to the fan base. We were ravaged by injuries. Oh. The Arizona Cardinals were not on the field together. I mean, oh brother, <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's you're true. Right. Though. I, I'm I'm not saying anybody's buying that, but that's how it would be sold. And how was it? No, so, you're right. How you're was last right. year sold? Hey, improvement, we, baby. Improvement. Eleven wins. We got. Never three, mind that. Never mind that one in five record down the stretch. Three more wins than we had last year. I mean. <laughs> Yep. Well, thanks, uh, thanks to everybody who chimed in on the uh, phone lines. Coming up next, uh, Cliff Kingsbury was asked directly about his job security and whether or not he was concerned about it. We'll tell you what he said next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on this big red Monday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Love you, bro. Love you. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. It's just all about trying to get better at this point. You know, I still think our best football is in front of us, and that's what we talked about was... uh, we got to find a way to maximize who we are, who we put out there these last five weeks, got to rest, recover, and, and go from there. But, um, you know, that, that type of game, that type of loss, when you play that hard, have moments where you look really good, uh, you got to build off that somehow and, and be better in these last five weeks. It's Cliff Kingsbury yesterday after a one-point loss to the Los Angeles Chargers on the idea that, uh, hey, the best football is still in front of this team, which flies in the face and completely butts heads against uh, Dan Bickley's philosophy of teams that are out of it. December becomes what? Zombie football, Vinny. And zombie football, football doesn't necess- doesn't ever mean your best football. No, it doesn't. And what it does mean is that football players begin to make um, a series of business decisions to suit themselves because they know their dreams of being a playoff team are over. And I think that kind of was the moment that hit home, even though I think a lot of us kind of realized after the 49er game that that was, you're not coming back from four and seven. It, it sounded like this football team had had kind of rallied around the idea of the let's go beat this Chargers team. We've got some new pieces coming back. We can handle this team, and then let's get off to the bye week and just see what happens. It's going to be tough to see how they respond from this now at four and eight because you you quite literally have to win out for any shot at all. 
And I think from watching this team and knowing that Bill Belichick is coming in, Tom Brady and the Bucks are coming in, you're ending the season at the 49ers. Yeah, you can beat Russell Wilson and the Broncos. That doesn't take a whole lot of heavy lifting these Atlanta. days. And that trip to that's Atlanta. That's not going to be an easy game. No, but but going 5 and 0, oh, that's that's is that's They haven't some, strung together two wins in a row. That's right. And and the issue tends to be that for as for as good as they looked at times yesterday and there were times when they did look good. Like I said, they took the field yesterday with with appropriate urgency for the first time in I I, I won't say, I don't even know what the last time was, but it it's been rare for this football team to score any points in the first quarter, to score touchdowns in the first quarter, uh, to even look like they're thoroughly engaged. And they, the Chargers, to me, looked like the team that was kind of sleepwalking a little bit. Yeah. And I thought, okay, all right, this is going to be something. But then once again, it just the 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 flaws in this program they they came through it in in a lot of different yes. ways. Well, I I know very well that that Twitter is a real time application mm-hmm. uh, but in real time at a certain point late first quarter early second quarter I tweeted it out this is the best the Cardinals offense has looked all year and then that fourth down play call happened and they looked different after that mm-hmm. they looked and and look the Chargers made adjustments the Chargers run defense is awful and they were atrocious to begin the game they couldn't tackle um, you know, James Conner was getting eight, nine yards a carry. Mm-hmm. With, and, and if James Conner had more speed, we're talking about the ability to break like 50 to 60 yards runs uh, because of the tackling of the Chargers, but just didn't have the, the, the speed oh, to yeah. get to those yeah. those spots. But Yeah, are you saying Eno could add a big game yesterday, Vinny? I, I, those words never came yeah. out of my mouth. Did he play yesterday, by the way? That's even, a good question. I, didn't even I don't know. I don't follow the Texans very closely. Um, but I don't <laughs> <laughs> think Texans fans are at this point. They will have the number one pick, though. Um, now, Cliff Kingsbury, after the game, was asked a, a direct question by Josh Weinfuss of ESPN, which is a scenario that's played out a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You remember the question about uh, the coaching changes from last week. We know how that went. Uh, here was the brief exchange. Are you at all concerned about your job security this somehow? Uh, if you couldn't hear Josh's question, are you at all concerned about your job security at this point? I'm not. Mm-hmm. Move on to the next question. Right. Um, I know you, you wrote about this in your column on Arizona Sports, uh, and there's another factor involved in that, and that is these Sean Payton coaching uh, return rumors that are out there that seem to get louder and louder every week. Yeah. Well, that's because a, a national, a couple of national writers have, have kind of speculated and been told that Sean Payton has got his eye on two different jobs. One would be the Chargers, one would be the Cardinals. Both because uh, they're they going into yesterday's game, they were teams with coaches on a hot seat and talented teams in warm weather cities, destination cities with young quarterback Sean Payton thinks he can work with, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, so you add it all. Up and you go, okay, that makes perfect sense. So, t- t- 
to me, that's another element that's that's adding a lot of additional pressure to this because it really is kind of a, a, a litmus test to how much is this franchise really willing to pay and go in on a head coach. I would say this, and I've said this before. You look at the Phoenix Suns that went through 10 years of utter dysfunction under the realm and the reign of Robert Sarver, who was um, very much a meddlesome owner. And at, at some point in time, somebody talked some sense into him. And James Jones, as general manager, convinced him to spend big money by NBA standards on a head coach like Monty Williams. And that required Robert Sarver getting out of the way. Mm-hmm. And look at the results. Results speak for themselves. They have got a real culture now that is withstanding the loss of the very guy who's made all this happen in Chris Paul. And so that to me has got to be the working example. You've got to, if you're the owner, you got to thread the needle. And yeah, I get the idea that in the NFL, these are billion dollar businesses. There's a lot of visibility. There's a lot of vanity involved. There's a lot of that stuff. It's very difficult to be an owner of an NFL franchise and not feel like you want to be right in the middle of it all. And, and very few of them can resist that, but you got to limit it. You, you can't be in the way. And so a guy like Sean Payton, to me, would check so many boxes, and, and I think a lot of fans are in, in, in agreement with that. So that, that adds another level to this whole Cliff Kingsbury thing. I mean, it's, the thing I wonder about is, is not, just the, not just the lack of success, not just the home losing streak, but looking what has happened with the lack of control internally. When, when you have got so much drama – that Hard Knocks has to scrub their series for you. Usually Hard Knocks is worrying, are we going to get enough compelling stuff? Is there going to be enough of that stuff? This year there's too much. They don't want it. I don't think it's that they don't want it. <laughs> Somebody doesn't want it. Yeah, listen, and, and it's the show I, I for, for people who have been engaged with this football team and who have been craving transparency and answers, what an utter disappointment that show has been. Not just disappointing. After last week's episode and with the holiday, we didn't get a chance to come on the air on Thursday to to give our thoughts on the episode. Um, and I watched it on Thanksgiving morning. I was visibly mad mm-hmm. with the way that things were presented or not presented. During the course of the during the course of the episode you know, they set the scene with the big establishing shot of Mexico City, and the Leif Schreiber comes on with the voice from God and says, another distraction for the Cardinals. Offensive line coach Sean Kugler was sent home the day of the game. Mm-hmm. That's you know, it? Yeah. That's Why it? it? Why was he sent home? And then, you know, the last scene that they kind of shoehorned in there, of, of you know, because that, that aired Wednesday night. That footage of Cliff Kingsbury addressing the team was from Wednesday morning. At least that's the way it was presented. Yeah. That didn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. It, no, Don't do anything stupid so we have to stand in front of the media and, and answer these, these questions. questions. Yeah. It, and so what could have possibly gone down? CBS reports. So Josh Weinfuss had the initial reporting about Sean Coogler groping somebody Sunday night in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. CBS reported it was a member of the hotel security team. Which, which you can see now where that then it becomes sort of like an international incident. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's and I think that is why if that's why the Cardinals and the NFL had to re- react as swiftly as they did. But but again, I think that episode with the Eno Benjamin episode and the fact that there's three 
coaches now missing from the staff. That's a lot of that's a lot of lack of discipline and and coherency and 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 accountability. It, it, I'm not saying that's all Cliff Kingsbury's fault, but as a head coach, you're responsible for that. You're Fair responsible. Or not. Yeah, you're responsible for the vibe and and how buttoned up your staff happens to be. And so I think that being embarrassed at the league level, I wonder what that does to this whole thing. Because we know how important that is to Michael Bidwell. The idea of keeping Super Bowls in our rotation, very very important to Michael Bidwell. The uh to be a leading leading member of ownership in good standing with the whole crew that's important to Michael Bidwell mm-hmm. now now you've had a couple of things that have kind of torn at that a little bit that go beyond typical play calling malfeasance that a lot of us like to harp on so I don't know what's going to happen this is normally a day in the NFL with a struggling team and a bungling head coach that NFL teams choose to make a change just bring in somebody new some fresh energy just wipe out the old and let's move on but most of those teams don't do that when the ink is still wet on the contract that uh, that coach just there's signed. that so there's that there's that and the fact that the staff's down three coaches <laughs> could you absorb another one going out the door I mean if the ink is still wet maybe they could just rub it out real quick <laughs> yeah right <laughs> an erasable pen coming up next Sarah will take us through the big stories on this Monday it's the Rush Hour Reboot it's Pickley and Murata mornings live from the Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting, Arizona built for America's dreams. Very happy Monday to all of you here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, a post-Thanksgiving edition. Have we all come out of our turkey comas? Yeah. Our brisket comas? Yeah. Our mashed potato comas? <laughs> our dairy-free, gluten-free, carb-free, taste-free, mm. green bean casserole comas? Yeah. How did that go, by the way, Jared? Yeah, it's fine. It was fine. It was fine. Okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't sound very promising. No, I mean, it, it, not it was... Confident. It's good. It was. It's not as good. I'll, I'll say that. We we do love the animal fat for a reason. Yeah. Some of us do. All right, this is the Rush Hour Reboot. We take you through the top stories of the day, every single day at this time. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. With Vince Murata. And I And with the chef extraordinaire, Jarrett Carlin. All right, let's get into today's questions. None of them fart-related, unfortunately. Oh, good. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> so far. Well, I don't know. Let's see. So far. So far, we're good. All right. The Cardinals lost again yesterday, 25-24 to the Chargers. They held a 24-17 lead for much of the fourth quarter, uh, but after back-to-back-to-back three and outs, which burned very little time off of the clock, the Chargers were able to come back uh, with a short touchdown pass and then a two-point conversion. Cliff Kingsbury, after the game, how frustrated are you right now? It's just all about trying to get better at this point. You know, I still think our best football is in front of us, and that's what we talked about was... uh we got to find a way to maximize who we are, who we put out there these last five weeks, get a rest, recover, and, and go from there. But, um, 
you know, that, that type of game, that type of loss when you play that hard, have moments where you look really good. Uh, you got to build off that somehow and, and be better in these last five weeks. Be better in the last five weeks. A tall task, it seems, for Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals. Uh, just in the last segment, you were talking about his job security. He said he's not concerned about his job. And uh, I want to know, in these last five games, can Cliff Kingsbury do something, anything That's to get Cardinals question. fans back on his, great, his team? Great, 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 great question. Um, I, I, I think the short answer is yes. I, I think if they rattled off five straight wins coming out of the bye week and 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 just magically sort of put it all together, that, that yeah, I, I've seen stories like this shift and move and go back and forth. They're very in the moment. They're very temporary. Yeah, but but I don't like the chances of that happening, and I do think that the fan base is is demanding a change. Yeah, I think Bick obviously hit on the obvious one, and that's win out. That's not going to happen. I think you know if you win three, if you win four, that could obviously go a long way. But I don't think that's going to happen either. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not. It, it's not a murderer's row, especially these first four of this five: mm-hmm. New England, Denver. Tampa Bay, you don't know what you're going to get. Atlanta, and then San Francisco might not be playing for anything at that point. We'll see. Um, But what I think can maybe create some optimism moving forward is five like really productive weeks offensively. We haven't seen that at all. This, I mean, the offense, with all the pieces in and out of the lineup and the, mm-hmm. the, the shuffling of the offensive line, it's been a major disappointment this year. Well, uh, yeah, and it's, listen, they're 5-13 and 13 in their last 18 games. You can't get away from those oh, numbers. Yes. That's it, that's a dreadful Dang. stretch of football that, is, that it has lasted over a full season, and then you look at the fact that there's a, there's a lot of free agents on this team, so even yes, if they finish are. strong, who knows what this team's going to look like. Yeah. Everything is lining up for for a, I, in my opinion, a, a postseason after the season, you, you gotta you gotta clean house here. It, the time has come. A reset. Yeah, reset. time has come. A rush hour reset. All right, Vince. <laughs> you mentioned just wanting to see the offense thrive in the last five games of this season. Yesterday, we finally got to see Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and Hollywood Brown all on the field together. Uh, Murray threw for 191 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception that turned into a touchdown for the Chargers. He also ran in a touchdown, seven carries, and 56 yards on the ground for Kyler Murray. D-Hop had four catches for 87 yards and a score. Hollywood Brown had six receptions for 46 yards. What did you think about how this offense operated yesterday? Inconsistent at the beginning of the game, as I mentioned. I thought it was the best they had looked, but it didn't sustain for 60 minutes. And this is an offense that, again, did not put up enough points to win, didn't put up enough yards to score points. Um, I'm sticking with my term major disappointment. Um, yesterday yeah. was a you know was mitigated a little bit by the return of Hollywood Brown, but it's not good enough. As as the game went on and on and on, it's it looked like the Cardinals were getting back in that trap of playing ten yards at a time, and it just uh, that, that ain't it, man. That is not it, and it's so. Uh, so I walked out of this thing from there were moments when it was very encouraging, but there was also moments when when you win and lose games in the NFL. When they were just woefully deficient again. Yeah. 
All right, let's quickly get to college football. A roller coaster of a weekend for oh. ASU fans, I think it's fair to say. On Friday, ASU lost to U of A in the Territorial Cup, 38-35. A very back-and-forth game. I believe it was nine lead changes in Tucson. Um, that ended with an interception of Trenton Borgay. And then a big fight on the field that got uh, several players ejected. Yeah, love to see that. It's not a Territorial Cup if it doesn't uh, sure. involve a few punches. That Imagine was, a, a fight between the mascots. A fight between the mascots, Clearly yes. won by Sparky, Sparky definitely by won that, Congratulations. By the way. <laughs> when, win something, when I guess. When Wilbur's mask went around 360. That was not good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no. but the positive for ASU fans on the weekend was the introduction of ASU's next head coach, Kenny Dillingham, who uh, there are always going to be a couple detractors, but by and large, the fans seem very excited about this hire. Uh, he used to be an offensive assistant under Todd Graham. He's an ASU alum. His wife is an ASU alum. Most recently, he was an offensive coordinator at Oregon after stops at Memphis, Auburn, and Florida State. You could see in the press conference, oh my gosh, just how much this job means to him. He was super emotional, tearing up pretty much the entire way through. Uh, and you could see just how personal it was for him. What were your guys' biggest takeaways from his introduction? That he uh, that he said all the right things. And, and like I said, that the fact that they can hit the ground running without trying to get him indoctrinated into the nuts and bolts of, of Sun Devil football and what's important to the fan base and what isn't. You know, it's it, a little anecdote. They they had a suite ready for him at the Mission Palms in Tempe to come on in and spend the night. He said, no, I'm good. I'm just going to stay with my mom and my dad. That's a guy who knows this culture here. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to so, have some salsa at home with my yeah, parents. From AHOLs. From right. Yeah, right. That so got I quite just, a reaction yeah. on social yeah, media. Sure did. <laughs> um, for me, it, it was a lot of what, what Bick said. It was refreshing. You know, at the end of 2011, when Todd Graham was hired, I attended that press conference, and that was such a strange, out of the out of the blue hire that Todd Graham, obviously, at that introductory press conference, he came in, he said a lot of the right things, but it was it was his dream job. He right? was like hitting Cliff. He got Cliff's notes on the way there. Like this yeah, is yeah. this is ASU's football history in a nutshell. Mention all these names, and you'll be golden. And he got yeah. them all in. And you're like, eh. Lean hard at number 42. He's got great character. Lean hard at number 42. Okay, you mentioned him, but do you believe it? You believed everything Kenny Dillingham said. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, it was very sweet when he was like, those guys in the back of the room, I played Little League with them. Those guys over here, I went to school with them. It was was very sweet. To be fully authentic, your head has got to be where your feet are. You've got to be the same from top to bottom, from from your head to your toes. And that's the way this guy appeared to me. Very authentic. Very real. From your hairy head to your hairy toes, Jared. Come on, Jared. I did not know. Save that beard. Actually, don't. You look good with a beard. Yeah, it's a good beard. Yeah. I wouldn't let it get too... Willie, oh, you sound well, like you my will. mom now. Yeah, <laughs> you look like uh, you look like Zohan from uh, the Adam Sandler movie before yes. he gets to the United States and shoots. <laughs> yes, Ooh. or Little Dicky, people say too. Oh, okay, I see that. Yeah, but you don't mess with the Zohan, so you don't mess with me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Jared doesn't Thank know you. this. I was driving behind Jared on the way to the football game yesterday. I looked up. I said, "Really? Who is, who is this dude in this little blue car just?" M- m- 
meandering down Bell Road. I'm like, Wonka? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Jerry. Okay, that's he not, drives the I, way he I, walks? It's not give he the, meanders? Our listeners my... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like they couldn't figure it was you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't catch up to you. I tried, but... Well, I, I zoom. I'm quite the driver. I don't yeah, do yeah, a little blue car. <laughs> It's mostly blue. And I've, I've driven that's left with Dickley on it. before, so the fact that he couldn't catch you is saying something. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Good for you, Jarrett. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, guys. More on the Kenny Dillingham hire coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, that is the Rush Hour reboot. But next on this Big Red Monday. Oh, actually, no. We're not there yet. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were at the blast, but we're wow. not. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, play calling, including one play in the second quarter that really loomed large in the outcome of this game for the Cardinals. That's straight ahead. Spickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Fourth and one of the Cardinal 34. Murray in the gun, flanked to his left by Connor. Snap to Kyler, and he's back to throw left side. Throws a deep ball left side, and it's intercepted at the 42-yard line by Derwin James. Not sure I agree with the decision there to throw the ball down the field, but at least because James intercepted it, it actually works out better for you. Instead of getting stuffed on your 34, the Chargers take over around their 42. Yeah, I'm sorry, David. I just don't like the call in that situation. Put Kyler Murray under center. You're only fourth and three inches. Put him under center just to make the threat of possibly running a quarterback sneak, and then if you want to throw the ball. But, and you know, I would have punted it to begin with. So Me too. Yeah, it's uh, Dave Pass, Ron Wolfley. After that fourth down and inches play call, uh, Cardinals leading 10-7 at that point in the second quarter. They opt to go for it. They had a third and one, Yep. Uh, and they ran Kyler Murray to the right side, no gain, and then on fourth and one. With the success that uh, James Conner had been having on the ground, kind of just gashing that Chargers defense, they opt to throw the ball, and yep. Kyler Murray said after the game, it was not set up to go to DeAndre Hopkins. He was not the first read. Schematically, we were blanked. We were blanked. Um, Cliff Kingsbury said what he says after the game. Hey, we love the call. We just got to execute it better. I, I'm wondering what was to love about that call. And you heard that's just, that's just the reflexive answer. They, yeah. He he goes there whenever he's when he's asked to sort of explain a a call that there is no explanation for. That's that's the reflexive response. Uh, the very I end of the call. The very end of the alone. highlight. No, yeah. uh, uh, but Pash and Wolf both said. Would have punted it. Yeah. So You're on I. your own 34-yard line. 34-yard line. And so there's really two debates to have on this one play. It loomed large in the outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. Because not only was it an interception, but five plays later, that's when the Chargers took their first lead when Herbert hit Carter on that touchdown pass from 33 yards. So it was points off of a turnover. Yeah. And you could say, oh, it just came out to be a really short punt. No, it was different. You, when, when, when you punt, you don't get the moment. Uh, when a team receives a punt, you don't get that initial momentum from right. creating a turnover that lifts the whole team. Right. Uh, I, I hated everything about it, quite yeah. honestly. No, I, and I don't, I, I'm not necessarily in the camp of, hey, let's punt the ball. Cliff Kingsbury's gone for it with great success on fourth down this year, even at the 34 yard line. But, 
you gotta you gotta I think examine why you're in that situation mm-hmm. and James Conner in the running game were owning the line of scrimmage at that point. Yes, they were, and so I'm I'm right there with you on that. In, in that situation, I don't know why they just didn't stick with what is simple, and that is to give the ball to James Conner. I mean, they wanted to subvert expectations. Well, <laughs> it feels like, like you said, that they, they, he tries to get too smart for the room. Sometimes, yeah, tries to get too deep in the bag, and and then you pay for it. So they paid for it there badly. They gave the Chargers great field position. They came, they scored, they took the lead. Luckily for the Cardinals, they went and regained the lead before halftime. So basically, so basically, even though that was a really um, bad butchery of play calling, the Cardinals recovered from that. Let's fast forward. Let's fast forward to the end of the game because okay. because if we've got a situation where the Cardinals were overly aggressive and wacky, which is what I would call throwing a pass on fourth and one from your own 34-yard line in the first half of a game in which you have the lead, then let's let's go to the end of the game when three consecutive possessions end up in three and outs for the Cardinals. Now, there were reasons for the breakdowns of every one of those drives, but every one of them felt scared and tepid and timid. And Trey McBride had a had a bad role in a couple of them. The third down pass seemed to go right through his hands on one of them. But all those drives began with very predictable running plays that put the Cardinals in a, a bad situation on second down. And then very predictable pass plays on second and exactly. long. Exactly. And, and so as a result, now you kept giving the ball back and back. And back to the Chargers, and it's and the defense just eventually collapsed. and I, And I feel really bad for this defense again because one thing the Chargers have done um, really well as of late is they don't they, they hold up well uh, against pass rushes. And the Cardinals they made Justin Herbert very uncomfortable yesterday. They they they, did. Hit, they hit the quarterback a bunch. They had a handful of sacks. And, and when Isaiah Simmons bust up the middle for that sack. I thought, that's it. The defense finally is going to close out a football game. And then by giving them the Chargers another chance, yeah. there was a big punt return that gave them a short field. And then we saw saw the end. And then that, and one thing we haven't got into enough, I don't believe, is just the visceral reaction of watching the Chargers just not having, not having to call a timeout. Just, we're going yes. for it. Yeah. And, and un- and to roll out a really efficient play that Brandon Staley said it was like it was smooth like chocolate milk. Have you ever had chocolate milk, Jared? It's delicious. I love chocolate. Oh, milk. I like strawberry milk better. Oh, Jared, Jared, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, come on, Jared. Nothing better than the artificial taste of yeah, strawberry, strawberry milk. milk. <laughs> so you know what I've done though? Chocolate covered strawberry milk. You ever done that? What? Yeah. You put both both syrups in. Oh, it. that's oh. interesting. Have you ever gotten? I'm like a mixologist. Real decadent and just poured chocolate milk on top of cereal. Oh, I've not done that. I, I did that last <laughs> week. I, I did you really? What yeah. kind of cereal? Uh, it was just some some cashy. I've used know. heavy cream instead oh. of milk for cereal. Well, that's disgusting. <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, going so, back to the the, the yeah. nature of the play calling on the three three and outs in the fourth quarter, yeah. it was run on first down, second and long pass. 
The Chargers kind of knew the script, but the Cardinals were operating as if they were protecting a two-score or more lead. They were not. It was a seven-point game at that point. Calvin Beecham was asked after the game if he felt, hey, did things get too conservative down the stretch? I think it was still aggressive. Uh, We didn't execute, you know, the plays of a call. You know, I think they did a really good job on second down, of pressuring us on second down. Um, You know, we had the the one-out route to to Trey. Um, You know, the guy got his hand on the ball. uh, It's three and out. Came back, got sacked on second down, uh, which, you know, in a two-minute situation, that just can't happen. Just can't allow sacks to happen. Um, but I think that they did a really good job of finding ways to to be um, aggressive in those critical moments, and we didn't do so. On the second of those third three and outs, Connor for a one yard on first down, then Murray to Hopkins for four yards, facing a third down and five. Big play. They went to Trey McBride. Didn't catch the ball. No. Had to punt it. He makes that catch. Maybe it's a different outcome. They, they went to Robbie Anderson on a big third down play earlier yeah. in the second half. And again, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing here? I mean, you've got DeAndre Hopkins. You got Hollywood Brown there. Give the get the ball to your playmakers. Yeah, yeah. That's a reoccurring problem all year. Oh, it feels yeah. like. Yeah, and and again, just the the visceral aspect of having a team come down and score with under 20 seconds, and then. Drop that two point conversion on you for the win. It was it was kind of like that Raiders game in reverse, and that there was there was a real sucker punch feel to the end mm-hmm. of it. That was yeah. That, that certainly you could feel in the stadium. Yeah, coming up, you will not want to miss the Bickley Blast on this Monday. It is straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.